RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Seven district councillors are disqualified as the government rules that their loyalty oaths were not valid. Officials changed their advice on vaccinations for teens. And a war of words between the security minister and the journalist union intensifies. Seven district councillors representing constituencies on Hong Kong Island have been stripped of their seats after it was determined that the oaths of allegiance that they swore last week were invalid. Richard Pine has details. 24 Hong Kong Island district councillors took part in the oath-taking ceremony on September the 10th, with 17 of the oaths quickly ruled to be valid. However, Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi, who was entrusted with administering the oaths, asked for more information from seven district councillors after he found their pledges to be questionable. They were given until Monday to respond to the official, and the government said their replies were considered alongside other relevant information before a final decision was taken. The government said oath-takers must sincerely believe in and strictly abide by the oaths they swear, and if it's found to be invalid, then there will be no opportunity afforded to retake it. Mr Choi ruled that the oaths of Wan Chai District Councillors Clarice Yeung and Lung Pak Kin, Eastern District Councillors Wei Su Lik, So Yat Hang, Chan Wing Tai and Lai Tsi Yan, and Southern District Councillor Michael Pang were all invalid. Ms Young and Mr Pang have both been charged with violating the national security law after taking part in a primary election organised last year. Expert advisers to the government have changed their guidance on teenagers getting vaccinated against COVID-19, saying they only need one BNTech jab instead of two. The change comes after more than 30 teenagers suffered inflammation of the heart as a suspected side effect of the jab. Professor Lau Yulung, who chairs a committee advising the government on inoculation, says the advice strikes a balance. At that time, the decision is made is based on the best available evidence. So if you view it in that context, obviously it's not a mistake at that time to recommend two doses. But of course, if you use the current understanding in the context of Hong Kong or in a context of Norway or in a context of UK, then you say, yes, we need to have the courage to come out to the public and do the proper risk communication that we are going to switch from two dose to one dose. The Security Secretary, Chris Tang, has again questioned the Hong Kong Journalists Association, which he has accused in the past of bias and of infiltrating schools. He said the HKJA could clear its name by disclosing which media organisations its members work for, whether it's visited any schools in recent years, and whether it's received money from foreign politicians and groups. Asked whether the comments were appropriate, Mr Tang said he was simply reflecting public concerns. I think I'm not making any allegation. I just cast doubt, of which a doubt is not just from me. I think it's from a large number of the community. They have the same doubt about the association. That's the reason why I raise it. The chairman of the Journalists Association, Ronson Chan, has questioned whether the security chief is encouraging it to violate privacy laws by disclosing members' personal information. He says his group's finances are transparent. It also submits financial reports to the Registry of Trade Unions. Mr Chan stressed that his group had never received money from foreign forces and said he's not concerned that the group could face a national security investigation. The main purpose for JA is to safeguard freedom of press in Hong Kong and to protect the rights from our journalists. I think that if we consist to maintain these two roles accurately, I don't think that we will drop into any legal accusation. 
Nine democracy activists have been sentenced to between six and ten months in jail for joining a band at Tiananmen Vigil on June the 4th last year. Here's Violet Wong. Albert Ho, Figo Chen and Andrew Wen were each sentenced to ten months behind bars. Stephen Kwok and Chiu Yan Loi were jailed for eight months each. And Sid Ho, Leung Kwok Hong, Chu Hoi Tech and Yang Sum were each given six months prison terms. Another three, Cheng Men Kwong, Mac Hoi Wa and Leung Kwok Wa, each received suspended sentences due to their clean criminal records, health conditions and public service performed. Judge Amanda Woodcock said the defendants had arrogantly and mistakenly thought that the vigil was more important than protecting the community from a public health crisis. The weather mainly cloudy with a few showers and isolated thunderstorms. Hot with sunny intervals during the day tomorrow. Temperatures between 27 and 32 degrees. And it's going to be hot with sunny periods and isolated showers for the next few days. Temperature now 30 degrees. Humidity 81%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Non-Hong Kong residents have started arriving here under a scheme that spares them from quarantine. Many people say they like the Come to HK scheme, despite glitches that marred the registration process, as Damon Pang reports. These people were among the first to come to the city under Come to Hong Kong. One of them is a man from Hunan province who worked in Hong Kong before the pandemic began, but hasn't been here for more than a year. While online registration began at midnight, he said he had to stay up until 2 a.m. to make a booking because the system was congested for some time. The government said some people couldn't connect to the website in the first hour because of system problems, which have since been fixed. A Chinese university student who arrived through the Shenzhen Bay port said she's happy with the new scheme. This is convenient for us coming here to study, but if people come here for travel, it's still rather inconvenient because you have to undergo quarantine when you return to the mainland. But for those just coming to Hong Kong, it's much more convenient. She also said she'll have no problems getting tested six times in the next three weeks, saying that's for everyone's safety. The Come to Hong Kong scheme allows for 2,000 arrivals a day for those who are in Macau and Guangdong province in the past two weeks. The quota is split between the Shenzhen Bay and Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge checkpoints. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Secretary Eric Zhang says the government is studying the feasibility of allowing Hong Kong people who live on the mainland to vote in December's LegCo election at border control points on the SAR side. As Violet Wong reports, he says the idea is to get around travel and quarantine restrictions. Eric Zung told lawmakers at a Legislative Council meeting that the government will not set up polling stations on the mainland until legal and technical issues are fully resolved. For now, the Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Chief said the best bet would be to allow eligible voters to cast their ballots at border checkpoints, where they would then return to the mainland right away. We're hoping to see if we can arrange for people returning to the mainland after voting to be exempt from quarantine. We'll analyze the issue and talk to stakeholders. We'll brief the Legislative Council later if we arrive at a suitable arrangement. Mr. Dung added that officials plan to set up a polling station at the quarantine camp in Penny's Bay. Meanwhile, he said the authorities have set aside $16 million to publicize electoral reform and a new campaign will be launched early next month leading up to the LegCo polls. The minister reminded people not to incite others to cast blank votes or not vote at all. 
Tens of billions of dollars have been wiped off the value of Macau casino stocks today after the government proposed an overhaul. Macau officials have proposed putting representatives on licensed operators' boards and changing the number and duration of gaming licenses. Alvin Yan, a gaming analyst from the brokerage Zhongtai International, says investors are worried that the changes could stymie growth. I think the China government or the Macau government maybe take this chance to modify the legal framework in order to uh, maybe don't let the profit to uh, token by the U.S. firm in the future. And also to maybe the China policy now is to social welfare, to take care of other stakeholders. So it's not surprising for the government to propose such regulations. The Monetary Authority has announced that a scheme allowing mainland investors to trade in international bonds via Hong Kong will take effect on Friday next week. The Bond Connect programme was launched in 2017, but so far only Hong Kong investors have been allowed to trade in bonds across the border. The authority's chief executive, Eddie Yu, says southbound trading will bring more mainland capital into the Hong Kong market. Southbound trading will enable mainland financial institutions to increase their allocation to offshore bond assets through Hong Kong in a convenient and secure manner. At the same time, it will provide incentive for international financial institutions to strengthen their presence in Hong Kong in order that they can provide better underwriting, trading, custodian and related services to southbound investors. North Korea has fired two ballistic missiles off its east coast. South Korea and Japan have both confirmed. This is the second weapons test North Korea has carried out this week. Ballistic missile tests contravene UN resolutions designed to curb the North's nuclear activities. On Monday, North Korea tested a long-range cruise missile capable of hitting much of Japan, calling it a strategic weapon of great significance. But what can South Korea, Japan and even the US do to pressure North Korea to seize developing more weapons? Kim Jong-min is sole correspondent for NK News and she answers that question. Well, there are multiple views on this. Some people say that unless the United States comes up with a new calculation like North Korea says and brings up something like an incentive to bring North Korea back to the negotiation table, North Korea will continue down the road of um, developing and testing missiles that they vowed during the January 8th Party Congress. Kim Jong-un already revealed a very long list of uh, laundry list of weapons. But some people also say that sanctions should be still in place and we have to pressure North North Korea to realize how difficult their economic situation will go on if they continue these military provocations. But we all know that North Korea has been uh, doing pretty well, uh, even with these sanctions, um, although they admitted food crisis and this and that. The regime seems uh, pretty stable still. The head of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, has called for the European Union to have the power to intervene militarily without the United States. In her second State of the Union address to the European Parliament, she said she and President Macron would organise an EU defence summit next year when France holds the EU presidency. She said political will was needed to make the change. Our European Union is a unique security provider. There will be missions where NATO or the United Nations will not be present, but where Europe should be. You can have the most advanced forces in the world, But if you're never prepared to use them, of what use are they? What has held us back until now is not just 
a shortfall of capacity. It is the lack of political will. In sport, the group stage in football's European Champions League kicked off with a win for the holders Chelsea and a sloppy defeat for Manchester United. Swiss side Young Boys delivered the shock of the night, beating United 2-1 in Bern. More from the BBC's John Murray. It's a Champions League shock, but Manchester United only had themselves to blame. They were in control of the match ten minutes before half-time. United led through Cristiano Ronaldo's early goal, laid on for him by a glorious pass from Bruno Fernandes. But Aaron Wan-Bissaka was sent off a straight red card for a bad tackle on Martins, and the match changed. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer switched to three central defenders at the break, but young boys took charge. Eventually, the equaliser came from Ngamalu, and in the fifth minute of added time, Jesse Lingard's poor back pass teed up Jordan Sibachu to score a goal that sent Burn balmy. Chelsea made a winning start to their title defence by beating Zenit St Petersburg 1-0. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel was full of praise for the way his players crafted the winning goal. The cross from Aspie was, was very, very good and dangerous because it comes from a, from a difficult position to defend uh, around the box. So target was second post with, with Romelu and Kai was, was also there. So that was nice and was in the end the opener and, and at the same time the decisive goal, which, which is uh, very, very good for us, of course. And uh, yeah, the performance for Romelu was not easy. We did not create many chances for him. We did not create many deliveries, but he's the type of guy who does not lose confidence and, and belief. And that's why he's here and that makes him a world-class striker. In the same group, Juventus won 3-0 away at Malmo. Barcelona were outplayed by Bayern Munich as the visitors came away with a 3-0 win. The BBC's John Bennett has more. A result and a performance which shows how far Barcelona's level has fallen this season compared to their rivals in the Champions League. Bayern made a slow start but began to take control after Leroy Sané forced a good save with a volley in the 18th minute. They deserved to take the lead before half-time but the goal when it came was fortunate. Thomas Muller's long-range effort deflecting in. In the second half, Bayern had an even tighter grip on the game and Robert Lewandowski scored twice. The first after Jamal Musiala hit the post, the second after Serge Gnabry had fired against the woodwork. The Polish striker has now scored in 18 games in a row. Barcelona look a shadow of their former Lionel Messi-inspired selves. In the same group, Dynamo Kiev and Benfica played to a goalless draw. There were also draws to both games in Group G between Sevilla and Salzburg and between Wolfsburg and Lille. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Seven district councillors are disqualified as the government rules that loyalty oaths invalid. Officials change their advice on vaccinations for teenagers. And the war of words between the security minister and the journalist union intensifies. The news from RTHK. As I should have Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time You were always on my mind 
never told you I'm so happy that you're mine If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm so sorry I was blind But you were always on my mind You were always on my mind Tell me Tell me that your sweet love hasn't Second hour, the dying embers of Wednesday. Peter King with you through to 1 a.m. Our sentimental journey, of course, as usual, at five past midnight. If you'd like to be in touch, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Gilbert, how are you doing? A couple of requests from you. We'll be looking at those very shortly as well. This one from Crystal Gale. Half of your love is just not what I'm after. 